Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it might be where you are. Glad to have you with us this week on The Alignment Show. We have been having Murphy's Law kind of stuff going on all morning. Uh, tell you just a little bit about it. My air conditioning went out overnight, so it's in the mid-80s where I am right now. And uh, we had trouble getting our guest on today. In fact, uh, we had to exit the studio and come back on. That's the reason those of you who are here with us live, we're a little late getting started. And in fact, when I started the bumper, uh, our guest wasn't back in the studio yet. Somehow I just had faith that she was going to get in here. You know, you just you just have to keep moving along. And so I'm very excited to have uh, our guest today. I'm going to introduce her in just a second. want to give you a quick reminder about the upcoming book release. We are on track for the end of September, early October with Way of the Three-Year-Old Wine. And uh, I'll have some uh, links a little bit later on in the show because I want to go ahead and get started. I'll have some links for you to be able to keep track of what's going on with that. But at this point, I would like to go ahead and bring on our guest. Now, I moved things around, of course, trying to fix stuff. So I've got to find my material here again. Yet more Murphy's Law. I'm going to tell you how I met uh, Peg Duchesne. Um, she and I are part of this group. You've heard us mention several times on this show, the Go-Giver Success Alliance. And Peg was one of the first people to greet me. Uh, she's always impressed me with her warmth, her ability to communicate, but to put the spotlight on other people. That is an amazing ability in and of itself. And so uh, to give you a little bit of background here, we know that words matter. Uh, I've already mentioned her name. My podcast guest this week is Peg Duchesne. She's a communications consultant and relationship marketing specialist. She is known as the message therapist. So she massages the words in partnership with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to have their online marketing shine by developing and delivering their messages effectively and strategically. Now, we're going to talk about her business, but mainly we're going to talk about how she has taken steps to bring her life and her values into alignment with each other. So without further messing about, let's bring on Peg Duchesne. Peg, welcome to The Alignment Show. Don, good morning. It's such a pleasure to be with you. And I know you're a man of strong faith. We call you the Reverend at the Go-Giver Success Alliance. And I think you'll appreciate this. One of my favorite, not one of my, the very favorite beatitude of mine is blessed are the flexible and you are the epitome of flexibility this morning so thank you my friend indeed indeed flexibility is indeed a requirement especially in this day and age oh my oh my well um, just so let's get right into it here i um when i you've been one of the greatest supporters of the show so you've been on i think as an audience member just about every episode we've done i think i missed one now, so I, first of all, I appreciate that, 
but of all people, you know the format of the show here. So uh, when I asked you to come on, I truly was thinking, I don't know of anybody who represents more this idea of, of living your values to value your life. At the same time, what I have learned in getting background for the show, you spent 30 plus years uh, in not in business for yourself, not doing what you're doing now, <clears throat> uh, paralegal for a Washington law firm. <clears throat> now, we'll talk about in just a second how you made the transition. But one of the things you commented on there was a lot of times you felt like that y'all were on the wrong side of the question. Um, you, you were helping people to get their message out, but it wasn't necessarily a message that you agreed with. Uh, how long did it take before that started becoming overwhelming and you thought, I have got to make a change? That's a great question, Don. Not only the issue of being on the wrong side of the issue. So you may, our listeners may know that elephants aren't part of the circus anymore, that animals aren't part of the circus we represented the circus rather than the animals. And so as a paralegal, when we were doing that case, I would watch hours and hours of video of elephants caged up with a big chain on their leg and walking around. And we were supposed to say how this was not inhumane. And I know that's a double negative, but that's what our mission was to show that it wasn't inhumane. And I just thought it is inhumane. You put this large, large animal in a tiny cage and it just we we had some um, Jeep rollover cases and we represented the vehicle company, not the individuals who had been victimized by horrific medical catastrophes based on their accidents and those kinds of things. So. It wasn't immediate, but it was just day in and day out and long hours. And for three decades, I worked for a variety of different law firms in Washington and often felt like I was on the wrong side. And so one night I was leaving the office with 10 minutes to spare to run two blocks down the road to catch the last subway train out of the city. And I just thought there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and so... That's how I decided to turn in my notice and leave. And at the time, Facebook was coming on. I was fascinated by that, the interconnectedness of people and the online presence. And I wanted to know more about it. And so I left and I'd always been a pretty decent wordsmith. So I wanted to learn more about Facebook and social media and what it was all about and took a part-time job at a web design company to be their project manager and learned more about the business and the industry before I totally broke off entirely independently and started my marketing company. So that's sort of the long and short of how that came about. Thank okay, you. I mean, that's, that's wise planning. You didn't just jump off the edge. You know, it's uh, like, okay, I want to make this change. I see, gosh, I don't know what the percentage here would be, but there, there are a lot of people who think, I hate my job. I don't feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing, but I got to pay the bills. Uh, it's familiar. You know, they, they do not, they, they don't have whatever it takes to make the change. But then there's another chunk of people who will say, forget this. And they'll jump without a parachute, you know? And so what I'm thinking of in practical terms right now is what was it about 
maybe you, your character, your personality, your background, your thinking process, whatever it might have been that said, I need to get out of here. I need to make this change, but I need to do it in a controlled manner. And you put a plan together and then you actually implemented the plan. What enabled you to do that when so many people are either stuck or they do it unwisely? I know that's a complicated question, yeah. but I hope that gives you a context. It's, it's difficult to leave that safety net of a consistent paycheck where you don't have to worry about, you know, I'm single, so I don't didn't have um, the luxury of a spouse to split the bills with or anything like that. But it was just, I'd gotten to the end of my rope. It was that wheel that, you know, the gerbil wheel, the hamster wheel, whatever wheel it is, that, you know, here I am another night of the week, four or five, three or four nights a week, I was there till the, not the crack of dawn, but minutes before the last subway train left. And I just said, enough is enough. And I had enough confidence in myself that I'll figure out a way to make it work. And I knew I had talents and skills that other people could utilize. I was tired of making other people look good. I wanted to, you know, go out and do it myself. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and I mean, 2007, 2008, the, there was a, um, not a depression. Yeah, there was but, some financial issues. I, I left before that started. If I'd had a crystal ball, I might not have left. But I'm glad mm. I did when I did. And so many small business owners aren't in business five or 10 years afterwards. And business has ebbed and flowed through all these years, but uh, it, you know, it's been a good ride. I'm glad I did it. And mm -hmm. within a year of leaving corporate America and starting my own business, somebody said to me, come to this seminar. There's going to be a great speaker. And that great speaker was none other than Bob Burke. Yeah. And I've been, you know, connected with Bob ever since one of my three mentors that I rely on, you know, what would Bob do kind of questions in my mind, read his books and really appreciate his. And now you and I are in the Go-Giver Success Alliance and um, drinking the juice every single week, as it were. So, Indeed. In fact, Bob is on here with us oh, right good. now. He commented on an earlier thing there about the flexibility. Good morning, Bob. I yeah, I, I just noticed, by the way, those of you who are on live, I just noticed the chat. So let's catch up with those just a second here. In fact, Bob made the first comment. Looking forward to this discussion between two of my all-time favorite people. Thank you so much, Bob. Glad not only that you're here and for your support. Another one of our great friends, Jeff, Jeff West. West. Blessed are the flexible. Yes, indeed. Love that. And so here we are talking about Bob and the group and indeed uh, a mentor to so many of us. Um, and so that would have been about 2009, 2010. So 13, 14 years. Yeah, I, wow. I um, started my company in 2007. And I think it was late 2007 that I met Bob. The Go-Giver had not been published yet. I believe he and John David Mann had written it, but it hadn't yet gone to print. And uh, but I had read the endless referrals and loved, loved, loved it. And Indeed. I also had Bob's book about knowing people's names and how to remember names, because the first time I met him, a crowd of 250 or so people. And he said, if I just met you for the first time, stand up. And about 30 or 40 people stood up and he said, you know, 
Mr. Smith, nice to meet you. Have a seat. You know, four or five people. And then he said, Miss Duchesne, pleasure to meet you. And I'm like, not just first names, last name. Mm-hmm. And the next day had the opportunity to see him. And he pronounced it he, right. Exactly. And the next day I saw him again in, in back of the lobby drinking coffee, came up and said, didn't I just meet you yesterday, Peg Duchesne, right? And I'm like, how did you do that? And knowing people's names and being able to recall them is one of the ways that you build rapport in relationships. And so that book about names and the and this referrals book, which is the basis for the go-giver story, um, were two of my go-to Bibles when I started out in business for myself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we'll make the point quickly that although it is business focused, it's it's business as a part of life. I mean, there's just good life principles that we're talking yes, about. Indeed. There. Here's another one of our uh, community members here, Joy Harris, saying hello, Peg. So, Morning, Joy. Uh, thank, thanks for being here, Joy. Uh, and just uh, a couple of things competing in my head to get out of here just real quick. When you were talking about, you know, I'm single before you completed that sentence, what I was thinking was, yeah, if I, if I was single, I could take more chances. But then what you were talking about was I'm single. I don't have anybody else to depend on. It's like two sides of the coin. You know, there's one of those things. It's not what happens to you, but what you think about what happens to you that determines your experience. Uh, I thought that was just such a, a great insight right there. Um, but then there's also, uh, you are diversified in your income. I mean, everything you do focuses around your values, but you're not doing just one thing. Let me, uh, a little bit ahead of what I usually do, but let me go ahead and mention a couple of the things that you are doing. Now, let me find my connections here. One of the things that you are engaged in is uh, a business called Send Out Cards. I'm putting the link on the screen for folks who are with us on video. If you are hearing audio only, it is duchesscards.com. Now, Peg's last name is D-U-C-H-E-S-N-E. And I'm sure you get called Duchesne. Duchesne. And you even that's say how that I know how to spell it, right? That's how, yeah, that's how it helps people know how to spell it. But then it's just a whole lot easier to just say the Duchess, and it fits. It fits. So D-U-C-H-E-S-S cards.com and that fits in with this idea of connecting with people because it's truly a great way of connecting uh tell us just a little bit about that before we look at your other um uh, activities happy to do so don so one of my values that i try to live out each and every day is gratitude and when i learned about send out cards i thought what a genius way to send joy and gratitude out into the world. So it's an online greeting card company that gives you the ability to create a card or use a stock card. So envision yourself walking into the Hallmark store or the grocery store to the card section or whatever, but you get to create the cards yourself. We think now in this day and age, not so much back in 2007, but much more now, all the photos that are stuck on your phone and don't ever get out into the world, this is a great way to put a photo on a card and send it to the person. And six or so days later, they get a card in the mail that brightens their day. When was the last time you had a personal piece of mail in your box rather than, you know, what we call junk mail, the postal service would call it third, 
that's real. I'm the daughter of a postmaster, so postmaster's daughter. Uh, but a great way to send kindness out into the world. So it allows me to act upon my um, value of gratitude. And I've gotten a few of those cards from you and from uh, Lisa Wilbur and, and uh, Jason Jang, some of our other friends here. A lot of folks are making use of this. It really helps to make that personalized connection in an efficient way. Uh, so it's, it's a great combination there. Another thing that you are doing is, uh, and I've taken advantage of this before also, it crack my code. I've got a, a QR code up here on the screen for that as well. But this is a way of, for folks who are not familiar with it, I would say it's similar to the Myers-Briggs type indicator or Clifton Strengths. You know, there's several different ways to help you to understand yourself a little bit better so that you can serve other people more effectively. Is that uh, a good way to kind of introduce it? It's a great way. So it's the bank methodology, B-A-N-K, bank methodology, Codebreaker Technologies is the umbrella company. And what I love about it is it's similar to DISC and Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders and some of those other um, methodologies, Colby assessment, those kinds of things. Instead of um, being psychology-based, though, this is based on how you like to receive information. And as a message therapist, as the communications consultant, I like to understand how people prefer to receive messages and then help craft the message in a way that it resonates well with them. So that's what I love okay. about the. Um, the other difference is that the crack my code method takes 90 seconds to take the quiz, whereas some of the other assessments take much, much longer, a half hour, an hour, or even longer. Ours is 90 seconds. So really, if you go to crackmycode.com slash duchess, you can sort the value cards. And I wanted to mention that today because, Don, your show is so much about values and living your life. You'll get four cards that are filled with 12 values each, and you sort the cards based on priority in your own life and then it gives you a report on yourself and i love that okay. so happy to make that gift to your audience thank you yes thank you so crackmycode.com slash duchess and if you're not sure how that's spelled d-u-c-h-e-s-s and so thank you for that offer peg i appreciate my that. pleasure uh, it it just it strikes me how uh again everything that you're doing comes around to well, well how would you put it how would you say that everything that you do there's some core there that joins them all how would you describe that well we already talked about the difficulty of my last name and uh duchess i like to say i treat my clients like royalty and the other thing is they so Duchess was, when I first decided to have my company be Duchess, I made it an acronym, Delivering Unique, Creative, Helpful, Efficient, Strategic Services. <laughs> Wonderful. So it's sort of the umbrella. You know, when you and I first met, Don, we realized that we both used the services of Legal Shield, And mm -hmm. I had worked for 30 years in law firms. The lawyers that I worked with their billing rates were like $425, $550 an hour. They didn't work with people. They worked with corporations and CEOs of those corporations. And 
as individuals, we sometimes need the advice of an attorney to maybe review a contract of our cell phone or know if we're getting in higher than, you know, whatever, a question to an attorney. And Legal Shield is a way that really um, makes it affordable for common folk, if you will. So my company, Duchess Enterprise, was a way to provide products and services that make life easier in one way or another. So the bank methodology helps me craft the messages for myself and for my clients so it resonates with the audience they're trying to attract. Good morning, Estelle. And uh, the we already talked about send out cards and Duchess cards, how it allows me to act on my value of gratitude, putting gratitude and kindness into the world. So that's sort of how they all sort of go together. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks, Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of how things come together, I know uh, another one of the things that you and I kind of share, at least in terms of experience, uh, it's been a few years for me. I think it's been fairly recent for you uh, that um, you wound up being the primary caregiver for your mother for a period of time. Um, and that that I don't want to say that got in the way of business. It certainly was a factor in trying to balance all of life. Um, I, I've got a, as longtime listeners know, I've got a severely disabled daughter. Um, and then, um, I dealt with my mother through Alzheimer's some years back. Uh, there's a lot of folks in our audience that have similar kinds of challenges in balancing all of the, the demands of life. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that was like for you. Sure. Thanks. So I'm the oldest of eight kids and, um, our dad passed about, I guess it was 12 or 13 years ago at the time of her diagnosis of Parkinson's. She had always said she wanted to stay at her lovely home. It was on a bay, a body of water, and she loved the scenery, the observing nature every day. She wanted to stay in her home, not go to a home, not go to one of her kids' homes. She didn't want to be a burden. She just wanted to end her years of life in her own home. And when she was diagnosed with Parkinson's, we realized that in order to have her stay at her home, she couldn't stay alone. And I was blessed with the fact that I can do my business anywhere I have internet. And um, when I first moved in to manage her care, uh, I kept the, the steady flow of work and business and everything as her disease progressed and her abilities became much more limited, much more hands-on required to move about and those kinds of things. We had a discussion, my mom and I, about should I just put my business on the back burner, not do it, pause it entirely, or should I keep my toe in the water, so to speak, and um, do it a little bit. We had the luxury of she and dad had set up long-term care. So I didn't have to do all the hands-on caregiving mm. myself. We had some six or seven hours in a day of assistance. So that would allow me to go out and have meetings and go to BNI or um, meet clients or do the kinds of things that kept my business afloat. You and I both know that six or seven hours in a day, there's still a lot of hours left in those long days. Um, but I was blessed to have already been in a business of myself. I'm my own boss. I don't need to get approval from another. I set my schedule and was able to give her that gift 
of keeping her at home. And it was a gift to me too. Um, lovely setting. I told her every day that some days we would laugh, some days we would cry, but we would get through it together. And I promised her every day we would have laughter and music. She was um, very much a music lover, sang beautiful alto harmony. And I was really honored to be able to give her that gift of my time so that she could have her wish of staying at home for the final years of her life. So, mm, yeah. mm. You know, it, it occurs to me as we're talking about that uh, there, there's likely to be people listening to this who are primarily listening for business purposes, we might say. And so uh, as we're talking about these things that are outside of business, it's really an artificial division between life and business. And, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that um, your business experience help to make the personal more meaningful and the the personal makes the business more meaningful is that getting a little too esoteric or is there some practical stuff i there? think it's absolutely spot on and if you don't live your life and work your business so that you can live your life what's the point of working your business right if you don't enjoy you. what you do that's what i found at the law firms i started to get to the point where I didn't enjoy it. And we had that conversation about being on the wrong side of the issues, but just, and there was the lack of appreciation. They were just like, well, you're just the paralegal do it. Cause I said so. And just all those kinds of things. So, you know, my values we talked about include gratitude and kindness and generosity and peace, but gratitude, thank a person for the service they provide to you. It makes such a difference in in the circle of life for sure. So it makes a difference to them, but it makes a difference to the one expression, the gratitude. I mean, right. it just makes your life better. Yeah. Um, tr truly a win-win situation. Yeah. Uh, well, as we are, um, as we're coming close to the end of our time here, I'm keeping an eye on the clock. Right. I, I feel like I have forgotten to ask about something. We, we've talked about so many things Sometimes I can't remember what we've talked about with um, uh, when we're off camera, when we're on camera. I know you've got several projects that you're involved in. And we've talked about the uh, Crack My Code. We've talked about uh, send out cards. You mentioned almost in passing about BNI. I know recently you helped to open a BNI. Uh, and for folks who don't know, BNI stands for Business Network International. It's okay. And you helped to open one in Florida, I think. In, right? in Florida. And, and I live in Maryland. So I joined BNI <laughs> in 2007 when I got out of um, corporate America and started working. I mentioned part time for that web design company. Both the brothers that started that BN, that started that web design company were members of different BNI chapters. And it was the way they got their clients and built websites for them. They had me go as a sub and I saw the power of 20 some people getting together on a weekly basis and understanding each other's business and learning more about the needs and, you know, the needs and challenges of the business owners. And I thought, well, let me join BNI myself. So I did 2007 and about a year in the um, managing director of my territory in Maryland asked me if I would start teaching the success class. And that made me a BNI ambassador. And then a couple years into that, 
was promoted to director. And this was all part-time while I was growing my business and serving my clients and whatnot, and have been involved for a long time. And recently, about three years ago, became a launch coach, starting new chapters from scratch. And in Maryland, built a couple chapters and the managing director in Maryland, in my part of Maryland left, and they were waiting to hire a new person. And it didn't make sense to build a chapter that you turn over to the manager director who does the training and passes them, you know, gets them on their road to success when there wasn't one. And they said, well, we need help growing chapters in South Florida, Broward County. Would you like to do that? And I'm like, I live in Maryland. And they said the whole launch process is on um, Zoom and you can do it. And once the 20 or more members create the chapter, you turn them over and they get trained by somebody else. So um, my friend Wally and I worked together and built a chapter in East Fort Lauderdale. And now I'm working on a chapter in Parkland, Florida. And so it's interesting to do it remotely. It's a little challenging because normally you would go to chamber events and network at other local areas. But the deal is that the growth coach shouldn't be the one out recruiting. It should be the members themselves that are building the team. And so it being this distance away forces me to train them to do the connections and collaboration that it takes and not to do it myself for them. So it's been interesting. And I can see for a long term, that's going to make for a better health for the chapter. Right. I mean, if you are doing it for them and then you go away, the chapter is a little likelier to fold, I would think. Yeah, exactly. Or their numbers diminish or those kinds of things. Yes. So so um, yeah. I talked about Bob Berg being one of my key mentors in my entrepreneurial journey. The founder of BNI is a gentleman named Dr. Ivan Meisner. He too is one of my mentors. And the third is Cody Bateman, who founded Send Out Cards. And um, those three gentlemen have really had an impact in my entrepreneurial journey and my business life because of what they bring to the table and teach others to put the word. You know, Bob Berg is the go-giver. Cody Bateman is all about spreading kindness into the world. And Ivan Meisner's motto of BNI is giver's gain. It's all about that planting seeds and watching them and harvesting them and watching them grow and flourish rather than hunting or going fishing for a day, those kinds of things. So, <laughs> Well, and it occurs to me about how somebody like you brings all of these, you know, three streams, so to speak, together in a, a, a unified kind of way. I, I just, I keep coming back to this, Peg. One of the uh, bits of advice, and I think it's good bits of advice that we hear is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversifying, you have a diversified business, and yet you have a consistent, a unified business. Everything comes together in, in just this wonderful way. So I want to hold that out as a guide to people who might be listening. In fact, I, I did put up a little earlier while we were talking, uh, your LinkedIn connection for folks who are listening only. And what, where, where's my, oh, this is like running a starship sometimes. <laughs> uh, there's our LinkedIn. Okay. Um, Peg has reminded you how to spell her name by saying it's like Duchesne. 
Okay, so you can go to LinkedIn.com and look for Peg, D-U-C-H-E-S-N-E. I haven't checked, Peg, but I'm betting there's probably not another one on LinkedIn. Is that a, are there others by the same name? Not the same first and last name combination. So, yeah, but okay. there are a okay. few so other Duchesnes and, you know. There's a lot of Don Kings out there, you see. So, you know, this this makes it easy to find. All righty. Now, uh, you know my favorite closing question here. You know, as we're coming down to the end, there's probably something that I should have asked, didn't know enough to ask, something you wish that I had asked. Is there something like that? And if so, what would your answer be? I love this question every time I listen to your show, Don. And I would say this falls in the category of didn't know enough to ask the question, but we talked about multiple streams of income or multiple facets of somebody's um, life. And when I was in corporate America and serving as a paralegal in the law firms in Washington, DC, I also was serving in the military. I had, uh, my dad was a Colonel in the Marine Corps, wasn't always a Colonel. When I was born, he was in um, Korea. And so the military was always part of my life growing up. He always had his um, duty weekends. And when I was very young, he was still an active duty Marine. And he and my mother moved around a while. And then he went to reserve and served in the, his total Marine Corps was over 30 years. And he retired as a full bird colonel. But that always had an impact in my life. It was sort of the way of life. Was it duty weekend for dad? Did he have to leave for the weekend after working a whole week and all that kind of stuff? Um, When I graduated from college and started working in DC, I looked into joining the military in some form or fashion. I really loved the Maryland Army National Guard or the National Guard in general, because you're in the army serving the national interest when needed, but you also serve the state if there were an issue to arise in the state. So I joined the Maryland Army National Guard, did my basic training in Alabama in June and July. It was hot as blazes. I hope your air conditioner gets fixed on. Um, Me too. And when I finished basic training, I said, this is the kind of training that everybody should go through before they graduate high school. It's so much important life training, first aid and all those kinds of things. So I was the company clerk for a medical unit and it was sort of like radar on mash, if you will, and loved doing that, met some great people, um, and service was is another value of mine, providing service. So that's a, just another one of those things that doing more than one thing as you live your life. Hmm. Yeah, in fact, I think you said with the uh, um, crack, the, the bank thing, the crack my code, you're particularly working with, um, let's see, what was it? Uh, oh, educators. educators. Yeah, oh. I have a dream that, you know how in this day and age, the um, college professors have a seating chart of their room and they have the name of the student and then the pronouns. I have a dream mm-hmm. that in addition to the pronouns of their students, they would have the bank code of their students. So my bank mm-hmm. code is N-A-B-K. That stands for Nurture, Action, Blueprint, Knowledge. One of my values is friendship and making connections with somebody. So it's, you know, we talked about me being the caregiver for my mother. It's no surprise that nurturing is my first of the four codes. We're all... we. 
we have aspects of all four, but there's priorities. So nurturing is first in mind. No surprise there. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I have a dream that teachers would have a better understanding of who their students are and how they like to receive information because they would be able to teach more effectively in a classroom where little Johnny or little Mary's sitting in a room fidgeting and, you know, they want more recess. That's their favorite subject. They're probably in action first and they need that kind of thing. But if you know the code of the students in front of you, you would be a much more effective educator, instructor, teacher, whatever. And so that's my dream is to spread the word of bank to those who are educators and help them serve their students in a much more powerful way. Oh, wonderful. I wonder if I could see where that would make an impact. Yeah. And I know we're out oh, of time. My. Thank you. This is We are out of time. We could talk for another hour, I'm sure. In fact, we're going to do so here in a little That's bit. Right. Uh, we've got a meeting coming up together. So don't go away. Let me put you in the green room for just a second while I wrap things up. Uh, folks, we were very, very blessed to have Peg Duchesne on with us today. I hope that you will look her up. Uh, remember that we always have links in the show notes. You can find the show notes at confidencecultivators.com, and uh, that will enable you to get to the resources that we've been talking about. I also want to mention that you can get a free short story that is in the universe of Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. I think of it as sort of like cheese sampling. You can find out whether you like the style of the writing or not. Just go to donking.com. That's Don with a double N. D-O-N-N-K-I-N-G dot com slash brewing. No, it's not that kind of brewing. It has to do with coffee, but, uh, you know, still, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. Uh, thank you for being with us this week on The Alignment Show. I hope that this conversation has been useful to you. Uh, we will look forward to next week. I don't have in front of me right now who's going to be with us next week, but I know we've got somebody lined up, and it's always a conversation that will help you to live your values and value your life. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.